You're listening to Finn Too Deep. Tua back to throw. Blitz coming. They get to him. No, he takes off running. And he's he in. It. Touchdown Miami. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome as we dive back in Fin Too Deep. I'm your host, Reason, joined as always by my other host, Neil Driscoll. Neil, um, let's just hop right into it. No need for introductions. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's in the description. Um, Neil, we are now coming off a, another shellacking, the second in the last four weeks since two has been knocked out, the Buffalo game and now this game. Um, yeah, we're arguably at the lowest point in the Brian Flores era. Um, how are you feeling coming off yet another disappointing performance by – um, the Miami Dolphins. You know, uh, it could be all doom and gloom, but uh, I'm really excited that uh, in about 48 hours or, or less that we'll get to see Tua back on the field for the Dolphins. But, you know, I, I don't think any of us envisioned a one-in-four start. And, and I think what we've really seen since the beginning of the Brian Flores era is that when they're the underdogs and no one thinks they have a chance, that's when they play their best football. When they entered the season with expectations, right? Like everything changed, and and it's just been like ever since the Will Fuller news, right? In week two, when he, you know we, we you know we've heard he was contemplating retirement, and he didn't show up to practice and needed the week off. I feel like we just have had nothing but bad news, right? The Tua injury happened. Uh, Austin Jackson was a complete failure at left tackle. The the amount of injuries that we have faced. And, you know, and the story goes on and on and on. And, you know, one, one of the things that, you know, it's just you come to realize that right now the Miami Dolphins aren't a good football team. And I get the injuries and things like that. But, you know, there's a lot of teams that are bad on injuries. I think, you know, the Baltimore Ravens have 18 players on the IR right now. A lot of them are key players. They're on their, like, fifth running back of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been out with their first-round receiver, uh, Rashad Bateman, all year. But, you know, the, the team has a good culture. They pick each other up, and they find ways to win games, and, and they're well coached. Like, I think, again, we, we've beat on this for the last couple of weeks. You know, and this game against Tampa Bay, right, like, there was actually some good. Um, the better football team won. Uh, I, I think it's discouraging to see Xavier Howard and Byron Jones get just completely abused. But, you know, we all do know that Xavier Howard is battling injury, trying to – trying to show that, you know, he's a team player and he's going to battle through that injury because the Dolphins showed faith in him and paid him. But, you know, uh, you know, look, he was put in a position where he's following Antonio Brown around the field. Antonio Brown's playing better receiver than anyone probably besides Devontae Adams in the NFL right now, right? Mike Evans is an absolute beast. It's a tough matchup for us. Oh, and they have Chris Godwin. Um, the, running, the running game, I mean, I, like Raekwon Davis definitely looked rusty. The linebackers just continue to be awful. I mean, like we've talked Jerome about Baker how bad is absolutely stealing money right now. He he really is, and like we paid him too soon. But by, by what we've seen so far this season, and I, I would say this overall, the linebacker unit 
is the biggest need on this team, even over uh-huh. the offensive line. And, and talk about the offensive line. Like, look, Leo Meikerberg played played pretty solid at left tackle. Um, I, I yeah, think that works. I'm glad. I'm glad the Dolphins are, are sticking with him there. I know Austin Jackson played way better at left guard probably than we all anticipated, but like, let's not get him a gold jacket yet. He still gave up four pressures. Um, you know what? I, what I've really noticed about Austin Jackson is that he's actually kind of okay in the run game. Um, yeah, it's, it's path blocking. His pass sets are just so horrible. It's yeah, his hand it's placement. In his hand, yeah, it's just awful. So, so maybe this guard thing. Uh, look, I, the best case scenario for us Dolphin fans is that Jackson does work at left guard, and him and Eichenberg are the left side. Dieter looks like he might be coming back this year. Hunt had a pretty good game. I mean, Jesse Davis again. I, like, can we not? Let's just not even waste our time talking about this guy anymore. We need a right tackle. We can name a Did thousand. Did you see guys. that hit that Brissett took where? Shaq Barrett beat Davis, wrapped around oh. him, and then Vita Vea came in and came high and just cleaned him out. Yeah, and we've been very critical on Jacoby Brissett. He played it actually a pretty damn good football. Yeah, game he had his best game what, as a starter for, for what him. he is, right? Like you know, he he, he played. But you know what the problem is? You talk about that second level. This was a team, the Bucks, that were averaging about seventy-five, just over seventy-five yards. Per game rushing, they came and they put up 121. This is on us. I mean, you go back to the Bills with Devin Singletary. You go week one with Damian Harris. We've been the launching pad for every team's running game this year. Yeah, they, they, we need linebackers, man. I, and like Atlanta Roberts, like I love the guy. He they get washed the football, out, though, man. They get washed they, out. In the they do. Open up, bro. And no depth there, right? Like even if their, start, their starters yeah. aren't even adequate, but they have no depth. And, that, and it, it shows. I, I'll tell you what, though. One thing I wrote down in my notes. I know we talked about this earlier in the week. I wrote, if there's potential to get Leonard Fournette in the offseason, the Dolphins must look to do so. That's who I wanted looked, this offseason. I don't know why they didn't make – like because he, he awesome, they, man. They, they were trying to clear money for him for a while, and he's still young. Like, he's not old. Dude, him, him and Gaskin would be a really solid backfield. Now, and then let's not forget, forget about the man of the hour. Uh is anyone confused anymore? Is Miles Gaskin not cemented as this team's primary running back? I mean, the dude is one of the most productive damn running backs in football. Yeah, I, I get that, but okay, you gave him—he got ten receptions for seventy-four yards and two touchdowns. But another game where he's averaging five yards or more a carry, and he only gets five carries. And well, we're gonna be, we're gonna be talking about this all all season, brother, because this offensive play calling—and I don't care if it's one of them now and if it was three before. Like they're not good coaches. All three of them don't know what the hell they're doing. It's and, obvious. And the, the thing that really sticks out to me is you go back to the Ve- the Vegas game. This was the third game in a row where the defense has been on the field for over thirty seven minutes. You, you know what's funny, man? And like we've talked about this, but like when the offense is clicking, the defense isn't. When the defense is clicking, the offense isn't. When both the offense and defense is, the special teams isn't. Right? Like it's just. It's just like I, I don't know. Like you know, we'll, we'll get into this later on because uh, we'll we'll talk about a must-win game already coming up here in, in week six. But Brian Flores, the staff he has assembled year after year since he's been here, has been it, it has been disgraceful, and, and and it shows. And the thing about it that really really hurts this team is that when you get a young player like a Jalen Waddle, right, like. That's an exciting football player with game-changing speed and playmaking ability. You don't know how to use him, right? You don't even utilize him correctly. 
Like, I, I just don't see, you know, like, it, this is way beyond why. They're not even the using Gusecki right? correctly. They're not even, Gusecki's getting open, and Brissett's missing so many reads that no oh, one talks oh, about enough. It's ridiculous. Well, and that's what I wanted to say. Like, when you watch the t- the game live, you'll say Jacoby Brissett had a pretty good game. The reality is, and I'll give him kudos, he played good for Jacoby Brissett. But when you rewatch the the game, you know, at the All-22 level, and you can watch how open Gusecki and Waddle, those are the two guys that are Go back always to the Colts game. People are asking where Albert Wilson is. Albert Wilson was open on like a 20, 25-yard dig route. Then he got open up the right sideline on a go route, and he got missed both times. If you make those two throws, Albert Wilson would have had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. But Brissett's just missing. Like, even when he evades, when he evades, he doesn't keep his eyes downfield. He keeps his eyes in front of him so he can find his check down. He's not looking downfield to reset or to either re- reset, plant his feet, make the throw, or to make that deep throw on the run. Like, Brissett is he's not very good. And yeah, it's just yeah. put in the perspective that, you know, Tua, do you see the pockets Brissett was getting? Yeah. I like, mean, yeah, it, you give Tua these it, pockets because they've gone away from what I've been preaching for the last couple of weeks since the season started. If you go look at the preseason – it was a more progression read based offense. And then they'd go up tempo or RPO sprinkled in here and there. When the season started, we went primarily RPO. And now they've gone back to that progression read based offense over the last two weeks. And the offensive line is stabilized. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, the good news is that we're coming back with our offensive line, probably being in the best shape. You give two of be. these pockets that percent had the last couple of weeks. He'll find them. And you can make something happen. Yeah, he's gonna. He's two is gonna have a really. The problem good game is, bro. The problem is Fuller's on the IR. Devontae's out. Now you got Preston battling a groin, so that could probably either limit him or take him out at one point in the game. Listen, minus Jakeem Grant being in Chicago and now drafting Jalen Waddle, we're we're about to line up with the same weapons we had last year to out close out the season, except Bowden's on IR. Yeah, I have a new hypothesis of the receiver core for last next year. Where I, I don't know if you've had a chance to look, um, the the wide receiver free agent market next year is going to be unbelievable in free agency. Uh, I I I think I'm getting over Devonte. I mean, uh, yeah, Devonte Parker. I, I'm just I, I I the guy's a good football player, but like I I can't deal with a guy that's going to miss three games every season and not tough through these things. And we've talked about it. And he flashes times where he can dominate football games. And Preston's the same way. Yeah, we can't. You, you can't help the club from the tub, right? We need like go give me Allen Robinson. Give me a guy who's out there who doesn't. Who's a great football player, great teammate. Doesn't complain when they're playing musical chairs at quarterback, and you know they're throwing out people that. And produces what he produces with Trubisky. Yeah, exactly. Like that's. I mean, go get me one of those guys, and like, but for this Sunday, like it is a little scary to me. Uh, I'll be honest. That two is coming back, and it's great that he has one. Okay, so here we go. Segway. We're going to segue to what I wanted to ask you earlier. All right, let's do it. Is the return, because we're obviously about to get into the Jacksonville stuff right now, right? Is the return of Tua Tungvaloa enough to turn the season around? And my definition of turning the season around is making the playoffs because that's what the expectations were. And the reality is he needs to win nine or ten of the last – 
12 games remaining. So in your estimation, I'll give my thoughts after because I want to hear your thoughts first. And I've already given my thoughts on inside the NFL. By your estimation, is the return of Tua Tungvaloa enough to turn the season around? And the Browns currently own, I believe, the last playoff spot at 3-2. and two, So we're technically only two games behind right now. So your thoughts? I, I'll say this. like, It's going to be exciting to have Tua back. I hope he plays good football and can solidify himself as the starter for next year. I don't think Patrick Mahomes can go 9-3 and three with this team the way it's built right now with the coach that they have and the injuries that they're dealing with. Okay. I, 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 I'm just being honest. And, like, you know, look at the, look, look what we're walking into with this game. Like, you know, we, we pushed this off a couple of days because, uh, you know, you, you had to reschedule because I went to the Capitals game, right? So now we know a lot. It, it actually worked in our favor because now we know exactly what we're dealing with to go to London, right? No Parker, no Xavier Howard. Byron Jones looks very, very questionable for the game to me. Um, it's a to is naturally going to have rust. To is naturally going to have rust. Oh yeah, and if as soon as he makes a mistake, like I like, look, I, I'm watching this game. It's a 9:30 game, and I and I love you all, but I'm not going to be on Twitter. I'm going to be watching this in peace. Uh, I don't want to hear every time he makes a bad throw that he's rusty. I don't hear about like I'm just going to enjoy Tua. I don't know what his tenure is going to be here, and you know I, I I'm a big fan of the guy, and I want to see him get to work right. But like no, I, I think it's really exciting. Like you know. Two is an excited football player. He's got a following, right? He's awesome. He, he's a fun guy to cheer for. But, you know, here's what we're walking into, right? That we, you know, our, our wide receiver core outside of Jalen Waddle to me is very ordinary. Our offensive line, even though it's probably in its best position, sure doesn't remind me of the Emmett Smith Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Now, you know, I'm not going to get those two confused. Um, you know, but, but I'll say this like, you win this game, you win the Atlanta game. I mean, if you win those two, and I don't want to count anything as a win, but I, 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 you know, I think they're two very winnable games for the Miami Dolphins. Then you get Buffalo again. You want to change the whole narrative of your season. That's the game you should have. Don't look; they're not good enough to look at it ahead. Um, you know what? You know what? You know what really pisses me off is when the commentator in this week was like, "Oh well, we lost to the Buccaneers." When I looked at that schedule at the beginning of the year, I thought that was a loss. Damn, dude, like, what does that say about the football team you like, right? Like, if you look yeah. at the schedule and you're picking off L's, man, like, I like, I don't think good teams go in with that mentality, man. Like, I don't accept it. And look, Tom Brady's drinking from the fountain of youth. He looks amazing. But no game should ever be circled and being like, I'm going to expect them a loss. Like, so, no, I don't think they can make the playoffs, unfortunately. I'll tell you this. If he does, right, with this roster, every rumor about any quarterback – Named Tua Tungavaloa attached to the Miami Dolphins should go away because this team has major flaws. I love Miles Gaskin. I don't, I'm Gaskin. I don't know if he's an Arn Anderson or a Rick Flair, if you know what I mean for you wrestling fans. Well, he, it, well, if you look at when they've changed this more progression read offense, the one thing that's bit them in the ass and been evident and why Malcolm Brown got the usage he did is because when, now that they've gone to this, it seems they need more of a three-down back that can catch, run, and pass block. And Gaskin doesn't offer them much with pass blocking. Yeah, and, and look, you know, I, you know, the single most disappointing player on this whole football team to me, it's not Austin Jackson. You don't know who it is? Will Fuller. He was supposed to be the guy that opened up this offense, that took the pressure off the running game, that helped give Jalen Waddle the speed complement in the offense. He missed a game because he didn't you know, know if he wanted to play football anymore. Now he has a broken finger and he can't play for three weeks. He's on the IR. Come on, man. Like, tough it out. Be out there. You're getting paid $10 million to be on this football team. 
So like, you know, like that's one ingredient of the recipe that we don't have. That's a major, major loss to this team. Now, Mike Gusecki, he's in a contract year. This is the time. Because I'll tell you this right now. He should have the best tight end numbers in football. He's been that open all year long. And Jacoby Brissett, for whatever reason, maybe doesn't have faith in him, can't find him. I, I think that that, you know, I, I told you this before we jumped on here. I, I'm stacking Tua, Waddle, and Gusecki in a FanDuel you know, line up this week because I think that that's going to be a nice play. I think the Dolphins offense is going to put up some points. It's going to be exciting to have Tua back. But to answer your question, no, man, they're not going 9-3. I mean, that's – you know, you got the Buffalo on the roster again. You have Baltimore on the roster uh, on the on the uh, schedule coming up. I mean, you know, they have a lot of winnable games, but like you always get that loss in the season, like Denver last year, that I don't think you really expect, but then it gets you. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just don't think they're that good enough of a football team to go on that run. Now, let's see what happens with all these injuries. Like, right, like if we can beat. Um, so Will Fuller could come back, I guess, technically for the Bills game, right? And Michael Dieter, like if we get the team back to full strength, it could be a whole different conversation. So let's start with Sunday. Let's win this must game. And Lynn, like, look, this is going to be a lot of exposure for the Miami Dolphins, right? 9.30 a.m. Eastern time here, um, London. You know, I, I heard a joke on the radio today um, that it, they practically said, look, the England gave us um they gave us the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and we're giving them the Dolphins and the Jags <laughs> you know so but you know I as a Dolphin fan reason I'm sure you're with me like man I'm I'm pretty damn stoked I, I can't wait for 9 30. This is the perfect storm for Tua because here's the thing not only in a little way can you have a moral victory in terms of a little redemption for what happened in the national championship but they're going to be center stage because it's the England game and they're the only game on at that time, obviously, because of how early it is. If Tua can go out there and make a statement and clearly outplay Trevor Lawrence because of how the season has turned out, you know, people need to realize that there are people in the media picking the Jaguars to win their first game. And the Jaguars, I bet you there's people in the locker room who think this is just as a winnable game for them as we think it is for us here, obviously. Um, my whole With thing is, if, is. If, Tua, if Tua can clearly outplay him, he might can and then get the W. The narrative's been changing over the last couple weeks. The blessing in disguise of Tua being out is all the leaks and all the cracks in the foundation are now being discovered by even the casual fan on the couch. And they're seeing what's going on, that this is bigger than the quarterback. And you know what? Tua actually masked some of the problems for the offense. Now... If Tua comes back and, you know, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. When Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jacoby Brissett's been the starter of this team under the Brian Flores regime, he's 8-17. and 17. When Tua's yep. been the starter heading into the fourth quarter of this team, he's 7-3. and three. So he's played, 10, he's played 10 games, okay, and he's been here far – he's played far game, less games than Flores' coach, and yet he's almost – tied him for wins so it's to a really the problem here especially if he comes back and we get back to our winning ways even if they're crappy teams because let's be honest the indianapolis colts were not playing great football against us we should have won that game other oh, than it, jonathan it, taylor we should have won that game dude we're three and two with two as a starting quarterback right now i, I i'm hell bent on it i think we win that raiders game i think we win the colts game with two as starting quarterback and that's a whole different 
conversation. Then the answer to your question that you just posed is different. But yeah, I mean, this is this. God, if if Tua succeeds, right? And, and I don't think the playoffs at this point is the only thing that means success. If he goes on a run and establishes himself as the starting quarterback, to me, that's a, a successful season. Uh, I, I know that's not what Dolphin fans w- want to hear, but if Tua goes out here and say he goes seven and five, and the Dolphins are an eight and nine football team with everything they've had to experience this year, and I'm not making excuses. Like we didn't have our starting quarterback for three freaking games, right? Like if the Chiefs lose Patrick Mahomes for three games, they're not making the playoffs. If the Ravens lose Lamar Jackson for three games, they're not making the playoffs. Russell Wilson's going to be out for three games. Seattle's not going to make the playoffs, right? So, like, and I'm not putting two on their pedestal, right? But I'm, I'm making an example here that, like, teams need their starting quarterbacks to win. And it doesn't happen often where it doesn't. Now he's back. And, you know, he's dealing, there's a lot of injuries. You know, this is if there's anybody that you should be rooting for to write the story the way we want it to go, it should be, it should be to I mean, he's such – like, I, I never understood the hate for Tim Tebow, man. And I don't understand anywhere remotely the hate that Tua gets. I know that he came out in a draft class with a lot of top-tier quarterbacks. And, you know, and everyone wants to have the best and, and be, yeah, you know, is number Joe one. Yeah, Burrow really blowing you away? Like, it, like, the only one out of the last two drafts that's really outproducing him is Herbert. He looks look – at you look at his first seven games and you can – sorry, his first five starts – and you compare them to the likes of Trevor Lawrence, my friend. I mean, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, six touchdowns, eight interceptions, 1,146 yards, a 59 completion percentage. He's 0-5, Tua over his first five games. He was seven touchdowns and zero interceptions, 889 yards, 62 completion percentage, and he's 4-1. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Tua's getting unfairly judged. You know, like, look, I'll, I'll say this. Justin Herbert right now is better than Tua. Justin Herbert's probably a top six, seven quarterback in football. Oh, yeah, it's I agree amazing. with that right now. It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing the transition he's made. But that doesn't mean that Tua can't be good. That doesn't mean Joe Burrow can't be good. And that doesn't mean Tua can't win a freaking championship. And I know that's crazy to talk about. But, like, I don't care about how many touchdown passes they throw in a season. Because it's all relative, right? Like, you know, like Tom Brady had that season with his 60 touchdowns, and it was amazing. But, you know, he wasn't always a statistical leader. He had a really niched-out role, and he played great playoff football, right? Like, Joe Flacco never threw 30 freaking touchdowns in a season. He won a Super Bowl, right? Albert on a, on a very good Ravens team with a loaded roster. But, like, you know, Tua can get the job done. And I, you know what I want to see this 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 other reason? I want to see... The superstar potential that I think Tua brings to the table. I want to see him get out of the pocket, make throws on the run. I want to see him be a risk taker. I don't want to see him play it safe. At this point with the Miami Dolphins, right, where the season is, like there's no more playing it safe. Not just Tua, right? If Byron Jones is out and Xavier Howard are both going to be out, feed Noah Igbenogany to the Wolves. Let's see if he's that guy or not. No, no, we need to win this game. I'm not here... I'm not here to see if Noah can handle Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chanel, or one of those guys over there. You kick Needham to the boundary. Listen, it should be telling to you right now where, where Noah Benogany is if he can't get on the field before Justin Coleman, with how Justin Coleman's been playing. Well, 
And if that's the case, then I like there's no point to keep him on this roster next year, and they should just cut his ass. Because I he agree. Because like Justin Coleman this year has been a atrocious. I, I like watching him play football has it drives me nuts. Needham is, I mean, Needham's the better player, and he should be on the boundary. And like, look, Needham, Needham's got to play and earn a contract. He, you know, like he's a good football player, man. But he's had some really good games, but he's also had some really rough games this year. Like he's kind of had a seesaw season. And I think that's the case for most of our team. But, like, I, I just don't – like, they better get out there. Look, the world's going to be watching. Go let Tua fucking open the damn thing up for once. The whole time he's been in Miami, you've been putting these damn training wheels on him. Like, you know more about football than, than you do. Bryce Lawrence, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Like, you're proving that because you're hiring an offense of coaching staff that has no idea to utilize their team strengths. You 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 use freaking Jalen Waddle number six pick as, as a gimmick player. You get Michael Gusecki, who's the most athletic tight end maybe in the damn league, and you look, you put him in line and try to get him to block. You know, like the things we do. You give Malcolm Brown all these freaking carries and let Miles Gaskin sit on the bench for the first practically first half of the or the first quarter of the season. Why you can't develop a run game? Like I want to see Tua take chances. I, I like look. Wouldn't you be happier? If Tua failed because of his own play versus what's the environment he's brought into, right? Like, that would still suck, but, like, at least it was on him. Like, right yeah. now, we, ha- we have nothing fair to judge Tua negatively on. In fact, I agree. after seeing what I've seen this year, I think he deserves more credit for what he did last yeah, year. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I tweeted out and it got a lot of love. Listen, okay? Instead of ripping on him for people were trying to discredit his win against New England, after seeing this team with Jacoby Brissett, people should be praising the fact that he went into New England and won a game. Because Jacoby Brissett and this team without Tua could not because you know what? I don't believe Jacoby Brissett could have executed those two scoring drives. Oh, absolutely not, man. And I'll say this. I all offseason we heard during the draft how these quarterbacks that are being drafted are all better than Tua, right? And the Dolphins should be in. Well, let me tell you something, and I'll be honest. Trevor Lawrence, I had, and I still think he's going to be very good. I thought he was going to be the next Peyton Manning. Justin Herbert is playing where I thought. I thought that's what Trevor Lawrence was going to be. Okay, but he's got. So. He's going to. He's going to turn the ball over Sunday. Zach Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson sucks right now. I, I like. You know who he reminds me of? Kyle freaking Bowler. That's why I see oh, when wow. I see Zach Wilson. And and then like the Mac Jones Trey Lance is going to take time. Mac Jones. What's he's funny is people people are trying to people are trying to praise Mac Jones, but if you understand Belichick and McDaniel's, the Dolphins game is a perfect example of how they're coddling him. Look at well, look at the safety nets with the checkdowns and the outlets they're building him. When you force him and he can't beat you underneath. He he's not very good. That's that's the problem. Like, like you know, it, it, they they're really really coddling Mac Jones and and properly they're coaching around his weaknesses as a rookie. I get it. We don't, you know what I mean. Hey, better job than we are doing. Um, but to uh, you know, yeah, I know. Well, obviously, right. So you know, they're the guys the that. Well, but, um, but just Flores think, wants think a little deeper, though, right? Like Trey Lance, and it's everyone says T2 is injury prone. In his first start, Trey Lance is hurt, right? 
Look at Justin yeah. Fields. He came in. He was the savior. I mean, he's playing like really average football at best. Mac Jones, like everyone was saying, he was. I heard people legitimately trying to say that he was the next Tom Brady. Uh, the tape doesn't match the hype. He he's been efficient. He's been a dink and He's dunk checked passer. down Charlie though, bro. Who's Chad? He's checked down Charlie. You know who he was? He was a lot of what we saw at a Tua last year at a much poorer yeah. level. Like, and we, we criticize and cruise like it's it the narrative's so crazy. Tua last year, right? He wasn't as good as Herbert. No. He was every every bit as good as Burrow. But that's the only was- guy in the last two draft class that's been better than him. And here's the scary thing. Guess what, Dolphin fans? The Bengals drafted Burrow one. They drafted the wrong guy if we want to get technical here. Yo, Chase Young's been amazing. But look at the quarterback situation Dude, with Henneke in Washington. Okay? Jeffrey the Lions with Goff. With, <laughs> yeah, Lions with, with, with Goff. You know what I mean? Hey, the Giants with Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, or who do you want? Herbert. They would take Herbert. So the Dolphins weren't the only ones who whiffed. And let's be honest with ourselves. You go by Chargers Twitter. You go by the signals the Chargers were giving us an organization. They wanted, they wanted Tua. Tua. Yes, they did. And, and, and look. So if they were at five and we were at six, they would have made. And here's another thing. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. I say this to everyone. Listen. People got to realize. All right. The Miami Dolphins were only able to get Jordan Love in-house before the COVID restrictions hit. Right. That's why there wasn't very many trade-ups in the first round last year right because they couldn't get their hands on you know private workouts and looks and more in-depth looks at with these kids and stuff right and so what happened was you know it's not they had just the tape to go off of mainly obviously they had interview and zoom access and stuff like that which you know what i mean but but what i'm saying is is they just had the tape, and the Oregon tape did not tell you Herbert was going to be what he is right now. I'm well, sorry, it it, it didn't, but, bro. But but you know what it did tell us that we still see, and and like, look, he's 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 starting to win some bigger games this season. But no, well, well but here's the thing: but he wasn't clutch. He wasn't yeah, clutch. But, well, here's my thing: that what it told you too was, and I, it's in my evaluation. I have a, you want a quote from my evaluation of of Herbert? Here it is when. Herbert is mechanically lined up and flawless. He makes throws that are a sight to behold. The problem was his mechanics were an issue. He would do he he would get caught flat footed out of the shotgun. He would take this he would take the ball or he would get snapped the ball and he'd do this little flip thing with it. And you're like, what are you doing? Like he and then you push him to the sidelines and to, to make a you know a deep out route and he's throwing towards the to the first row. And the other thing you knew though was and this was the key thing that made the evaluation very hard. The offense wasn't built for him. It was very horizontal when that guy is a vertical and a scene thrower. So, you know, because it was that, it was the remnants of um, Chip Kelly's offense, right? So that's why like like 33% of Justin Herbert's completions at the collegiate level came behind the line of scrimmage. Well, so you're, 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 you know what I mean. It, it, it was it was a big it was a big big projection with them, and I know the Dolphins personally. One of the things they didn't like was you know they questioned his leadership ability, right? Because they thought he was too quiet and stuff like that, and 
You know what I mean? And you just look at it, and guys, we weren't the only ones who missed it. And the thing is, if they had him in for private workouts, if they really took a in-depth, non-COVID look at him, and they whiffed, I get why some of y'all would be so mad. But here's the thing. Justin Herbert is not a Dolphin. He's a Charger. You can't change it. We have what he had, and here's the real sad reality. And this is where I really want to feed it to Dolphin fans. You have seen how they have not been able to properly build around Tua Tungvaloa, who they spent the number fifth overall pick with. They haven't been able to po- properly put him in a winning, in a position to be successful. I'm telling you right now, if Justin Herbert was here, he would not want a Rookie of the Year last year because he would not have performed up to that. He first of all, he wouldn't have had as many starts. Second of all, you know, if you just go off the timeline of when they started Tua. Second of all, the coaching was totally different, and we he didn't have it. We didn't have a Pep Hamilton like Herbert had last year, and like how Davis Mills is now thriving out of Stanford with Houston under Pep Hamilton's tutelage. We didn't have that. We had Robbie Brown and Chan Gailey and then George Godsey, okay? Yep. So, and here's the thing. You wouldn't have run the rookie of the year if you didn't break those records that he broke last year because of Justin Jefferson's season. He would have won rookie of the year. So he wouldn't have won that. And then now you look at year two. We had Panay Suell and Rashawn Slater fall in our lap. We took either or. And right now, Both guys are showing they could be, will be top 10 tackles in this league at some point. I underestimated Rashawn Slater because I've watched him. As did I. As did I. He he looks awesome, man. Yeah, he he does. But also, but here's the thing, too. If we would have drafted Rashawn Slater or Panay Suel, they would have came under. Well, no, well, either, but they would have came under Lemuel Jean Pierre. Oh, yeah. They would, and then look at. You know what the problem is? You look around. I want people to go to the coaching staff page of the Miami Dolphins on MiamiDolphins.com. Go look at it. It'll say, It's like playing guess who, right? No, no, no. Not even that. (laughs) Look how young these guys are. Yeah. You got guys where it'll say, okay, Neil, let's say you're on the page. It'll say, this is Neil's ninth year in the NFL. This is his second with the Dolphins, right? Well, you got guys up there where it says just it's their second or third year with the Dolphins, meaning they were never in the NFL before they were with the Dolphins. You know why, right? You know so why, hold on, right? hold on, hold on. He's surrounding himself with a bunch of yes men and inexperienced people that there is go. no one you would make an interim head coach right now because there's no one experienced if you actually had to make the change. It would be an offseason change, all right? I get the game. Hey, don't play the game. Sorry, don't let the game play you. You play the game. I get where he's going with that. But my whole thing with this now is if you want to have Rashawn Slater or Panay Sewell, who would they have had to lean on offensively? Think about this for a sec. Who are the veterans of this team? What, Devontae Parker, the guy who's never available? Who's like on the offensive side of the football I'm talking about right now? You know, who's the veteran? Who's the captain of the offensive line? Jesse Davis, at best, a swing tackle, That's is it. the guy these players are leaning on. And then you have an inexperienced first time positional coach, not an assistant now. He's a positional full time. He's the head of that position. He's the Lemuel Jean-Pierre. He was never that good when he was in the NFL to begin with. And now you have... What I'm sitting here saying is, even if we would have drafted one of those guys this year, we wouldn't have even got the most out of them. Right? Like, yeah, and you're 100% right, man. Like, here's a really interesting take, right? Just think about this. The the parallels between Tua and Justin Herbert go way beyond, right, the being the number five in overall six 
and sixth pick in the 2020 draft. In college, Tua was in the perfect system that played to his strengths. Justin Herbert was in a questionable system that didn't really play to his strengths. It really wasn't, you know, tailored for him. You get to the pros, you fast forward. Justin Herbert is in the perfect offense for his strengths, and Tua has been set up to fail because the offense doesn't tailor to his strengths. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's it's just showing you. I mean, like, look, who's going to argue that you know Nick Saban's not the best coach in college football? There's a coaching element of this that matters, and a lot of people will say that's excuse making, right? It's not. It's not at all because what you're seeing is in the last three weeks, if you have paid attention to the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavaloa is far from the problem. It is way more deeper than that. It, it's a rooted Let me ask coaching. you this, Neil. Yep. Because you're on the coaching, and I want to stick with this for a sec. Brandon Staley, you saw what he said. God, he's about, a good speaker. <laughs> you saw what he said about running the game, the physicality, right? You saw that spiel? Yeah. And physicality. I saw the okay. one too, man. Oof, good speaker. Okay. But if you, okay, let's go, let's stick on that one where he talks about the physicality that brings to the game, right? Compared to the passing game. If he had Gaskin, who is averaging five yards per game, you think this guy would be getting five carries? Like, my whole thing is they got their offensive line right for Herbert over there. They've got more reliable weapons than Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who were, you know, Mike Williams was the seventh overall pick, I believe. And then it seems like they even hired the defensive coach as a head coach who understands the offensive side of the ball better than our own guy that we hired a couple years ago. For like, sure. you see, you, the, the hits are starting to stack up in Los Angeles. You know what I'm saying right now? Oh, I mean, it, it's night and day, right? Like, it, it's a night and day situation. I mean, like, it, we, we're going to talk about this all season because it's going to be a problem. It, it, it's coaching. And, and, like, I know that people give the, the defensive guru label to Flores, but sometimes, like, you know, he's a good defensive mind, I'll say. I don't think he's a great defensive coach. And, and some of the things he does – like, you know, I, I like he put X how on the island. Yeah, how they use Jalen yeah. Phillips. I mean, the first couple weeks, I mean, like, and that's something we haven't even talked about yet, but God, dude, Jalen Phillips looks so, awesome. so good. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, people are like, oh, he's only got one and a half sack. Got, like, I'm not going to argue with you. got to watch the tape and see his yeah, work. Not, you got to see the – see, that's my problem with defensive players, especially on the edge. There's only sacks and interceptions that they look at. But you need to watch the reps and see what they're doing on the reps, and you'll see stuff that doesn't show up on the stat line that gives you a ton of hope. When yo, this lights like I literally called his first sack, that half sack he got right, and his first it was his first sack was a half sack. I called him getting that day because if you were watching at the tape leading up to that, he was getting closer and closer every week, and they started using him better, using him better, understanding him, etc. And now I'm telling you, man, like it's we, coming. You, you know, we had two pressures this week. The week before, he had six. Yeah, well, and, and if you remember, if we're being honest, he had a sack called away against the Colts, or was it, it was the Colts? Yeah, which was a absolutely bogus face mask call. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. was bogus. But like, yeah. I, I'm not going to get on Twitter and argue with people like just because they get on NFL.com and look at stats. Like, if you watch the film, Jalen Phillips is putting pressure on. He's number three for yeah. all rookies behind Owe and Michael Parsons. I mean, and he is getting better every week. He's. It, it's not about just the production. If you're watching the traits, the fluidity, the, the ability for him to use power and translate that into speed, 
It is on display. It's getting better every week. And I'll tell you this right now. I won't want to be Cam Robinson this week because I'm no. telling Jalen Phillips yeah. is coming, guys. Like, oh, yeah. You want to be a Dolphins this fan? Is, we can feast this. This Like, I'm like, dude, you look at that. Have you looked at their secondary, my friend? Oh, like, Jalen Waddle's going to eat. It's going to be fun. Shaquille Griffin, Trey Hurden, um, Chris Claybrooks, Tyson Campbell. Like, there is, and then their best player is at safety, um, Andrew Wingard, but. The Wyoming like, kid, you know, Cisco is, is is they're barely using Cisco. You look at their secondary; it is, you know, their defense. Miles Jacks didn't even travel with the team; he's out. Oh, I, I mean, didn't know that Miles Jacks. Yeah, playing? yeah, he's oh, out. Geez. So other than Josh Allen and Josh Allen's on and Clavon Chase on, who is really worrying you right now when you look at this? You know, when you nobody, look at this, you know nobody, what I mean? so, nobody. We should be able to eat on this team. And then when you look at them offensively, like you said earlier, you know, you got right now, um, Lawrence has fumbled the ball twice and he's um, thrown eight picks right now up to this point. And he's averaging just over um, what I think in it's, yeah, he's, he's averaging like just over almost um, two picks a game, right? Yeah. Almost two picks a game. And yep. so, okay. He's know, got one in this game for sure. No doubt. Javon yeah. Holland gets his first. Even one. even without even without X, I'm confident we can get a pick here. I think, you know, you look out offensively. Obviously, you got to contain James Robinson. He's a good player. He's a great player. Yep. And you know, you look at them right now. They're the sixth best rushing attack, averaging 129.4 yards per game. Um, whereas, hey, buddy, we're the 32nd. We're averaging 70.4 yards per game. Doesn't surprise um, me. And then, you know, the other key thing is going to be third downs. I mean, bro, we're first. We were number one in the league last year in third down percentage. Now we're 32nd. We're allowing a conversion clip of 57.1%. So you look at this, um, and then you look at our, our – it's going to be all about containing James Robinson – Forcing the ball into Trevor Lawrence's hands where he has to push it downfield so he can force some turnovers. And then um, offensively, expose that weak secondary. Offensive line needs to, needs to continue improving like it has the past couple weeks. Yep. Give, give two of those clean pockets. Let them slice and dice. And my prediction is Dolphins 24, Jaguars 10. Okay, so we, we dude, remember last week we had the same exact differential, but just different scores. So yeah. uh, I, I'm on the same same boat. I actually have 34 Dolphins, 20 Jags. I know, whoa, offensive explosion. Let me explain. I I have a good friend of mine who, who's a Jags fan, and I'm not going to say his name. He used to work for the team. He's a great dude. Um, congratulations on number two coming. But uh, the Jags are the biggest mess in football. And I, I like, you know, we, we, it makes me feel actually happy to be a Dolphin. I mean, Urban Meyer is going to be one and done. What a, what a mockery of, you know, a head coach he's been in the NFL. Um, you know, they, if you remember, we're just a few years removed from them looking like they were going to be the best young football team in this league. And that if Blake Bortles wasn't the guy, they were a quarterback away from being a championship team. Um, you know, like if you think, and then Tevin Smith just, retires and never come back what happened Taven Bryan was a complete bust of a pick at defensive tackle they took Travis Etienne when they didn't really need a running back and he's out for the season uh, DJ Shark is going to be out right obviously he's out for the year right 
Um, I, I, I just like they don't have anything that scares me except James Robinson. And I, you know, he'll get his yards, and that's okay because, you know, I, I think the offense is going to actually play good football. I think Gusecki and Waddle have been open. If the line can do what it did last week, because like those are the battles I'm really looking forward to on the Jags offensive tackles, Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor against Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Agba. That's fun. That's good football. There's four good football players, right? On the reverse of that, like, you know, they, they do have Josh Allen and Josh Allen will be moved around. And, you know, Jesse Davis better eat his damn Wheaties because they be, I better not see another image of him standing over 2-0 with 2-0 on the ground. Like they better they better scheme ways to chip Josh Allen because he's the only guy on the defensive side of the ball with Miles Jack out that yeah. really, really tears away. That's secondary. I mean, come on. Come on. Like, Jalen Waddle is going I, – I think he's going to have a big, big game. I really do. And I, and I think that there's going to be some other players that do too. But that, that, that's secondary. I mean – Come on, like they got CJ Henderson with the ninth overall pick and then traded him for two bags of Cracker Jacks. Like, like what the hell is that organization doing? Like, we get criticized for drafting Tua and all these things. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been half as good as we all anticipated. None of their draft picks have hit. Uh, their head coach that everyone thought was going to be a savior, you know, is getting lap dances and, and getting yelled at by the owner, which I've never in my life seen an owner jump on with reporters and start ripping his coach before it's even like out in public. You know, it's like, uh, like I think the dolphins are going to win big 14 points to me is big for the dolphins. Like I, I think they're going to get up early. Uh, Trevor's going to make a pick. I, you know, I, it could be one of those games where we pick up a fumble. You know, I just think it's going to be actually a good showing in London for the dolphins. You're going to, we're getting off the schneid here. We'll be two and four. And then we got a home game in Atlanta, right? And if I'm not mistaken, are, are you might, yours truly, are you might be heading down for that game, right? I'm going to be down for that. Now, actually, it's booked. It's, it's, everything's getting ready to go. It's the Texans game. I'm well, gonna they're going to win. Oh, they're going to win that game. So, whatever you go. But here's the thing they got the, the you got the, you got the Atlanta game next week. You are revved up. You got to win these two games. These are two very winnable games. And you can start building momentum and maybe some belief in that locker room that you can beat Buffalo on Halloween in Buffalo. Oof, God, what a freaking – I'll tell you what, if you're a Bills fan, that's probably got to be a fun-ass game to be at, right? Like, yeah. you know, I remember we played, I think, on Halloween, and that was the Cam Wake safety sack game, if I'm not mistaken, um, when we had – didn't he have a walk-off safety on Andy Dalton on Halloween against the Bengals on Thursday Night Football? I, I thought that maybe, – maybe it wasn't Halloween. Maybe I'm thinking wrong, but I – I think I might be right. We'll see. But, yeah, I, we're going to win, man, and we're going to be excited and actually have one of our first positive podcasts in a while next week. <laughs> you know, I, it, look, but, you know, here's the reality. Like, we're not going to sit here and sugarcoat things. It hasn't been good. But, like, look, I'm not going to get all doom and gloom. And I'm not another – again, I'm not a playoff or bust guy. Like, look, it's going to be as disappointing as it gets if this team doesn't get to that point. I just want – right now – What do you want to see? Tua, right? focus for me is Tua to show that yes. he's a franchise quarterback. Yes, let's let's make sure that we before we go and, and trade three first round picks for Deshaun Watson, right? Because that's never going to die. But like, maybe we don't have to do that. But <laughs> right? here's like, the thing: is you know why it might die, Neil? If the front office gets cleaned out and Greer gets cleaned out and such like that, a new guy who gets hired in here, he's not going to want to trade 
the three first round picks over the next two years for Deshaun Watson, and no one's going to take the job under the mandate that they have to do that trade. They're going to want to start putting their own thumbprint on this team. So I hope I, I think this. I think and. I think for this Watson trade to happen, it has to happen after Greer. And the other thing is, if you if you clean house, why Tua might be the left man standing is because you know a GM's going to want his own head coach. So even if Flores stays around, he's a dead man walking. But the thing is, if a new GM comes in, Tua might be safe for a year because I know a lot of people aren't high on this quarterback draft class. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean – I wouldn't be high on it either. And now. two has already shown he's he looks like he might be better as of right now than this draft class we're current that's currently like literally only the only guy in the last two draft class that is better than him is Herbert. Yeah, and, and let's let, let me say one thing before we sign off here on the Deshaun Watson front because I get asked this all the time like what we're hearing what we're hearing. You know, I have not heard anything yeah, different. Crickets. You know, yeah, it's been crickets, and it's been crickets ever since Roger Goodell was sitting next to Stephen Ross at that football game, which is interesting to me. But what I've heard, and, and it remains true, and it's almost on three weeks, going all the way back to when Jay Glazer was sending those texts or tweets. But I've heard that the Dolphins made an offer, the Texans have it in their control, and aren't in a rush to make the move. And then there was I, I, I sorry, don't have it in front of me. Someone who works at ESPN today that said that. They heard rumors that Deshaun Watson was going to start going to the facility and forcing a trade. You know, that may tell me he caught wind that there was an offer out there for him and he's trying to force his hand. But that's all I know at this point. Um, two is the quarterback. And I like, I don't really care about the Deshaun Watson noise at this moment anymore. Like, I want to see Tua get the fair shake for the remainder of the season. And look, if Tua flops, right? Because we, we have to recognize that as a possibility, you know, or, or we're going to be, or we're just being homers, right? If he does not live up, and when I say flops, you know, he's a number five overall pick, so we're expecting an upper echelon NFL starter, right? Yep. Well, if he doesn't show those traits over this year, the offensive line plays decent, and it's just that he just doesn't have that playmaking ability. He's lost a little bit of that, like, pizzazz in his arm, or, you know, he hasn't, you know, really shown what the ability he had to read the f- field like he did in college. Well, then those conversations should be welcomed. Right now, like that's such a need. It's too early. It's way too early, and that's yeah. what bad football teams do. Is that once once the water gets a little muddy, they make a knee jerk mood move, and it sets the organization back even longer. Yeah. You're committed to this rebuild. Tua was the pillar of this rebuild. Changing the plan at this point in the season. Makes it's against no your sense. philosophy, though, too, right? Because they always preach about growth and developing players and stuff like that, and you practice what you preach. Yeah. Oh man. Here, here's a question for you, and I don't know this yet. Do you know what? Do we know what uniforms they're rocking in London? No, I don't have any idea yet. I got to figure out which two a jersey I'm going to be. I'm, I'm waking up early, man. I'm going to get the crew, everyone here, Dunkin' Donuts, coffees, and you know all that good stuff, man. And I'm going to be freaking rocking and rolling, and me and my son are going to be rocking our two a jerseys, like I, I like. Look, as a Dolphins fan, we haven't had a lot to cheer. You know, I'm not going to get on Twitter and argue with people about every little pass and play because, look, he's going to be a little rusty. And if you don't expect that, you've never played football. And you also don't want him throwing 30, 39 times this game. You want him throwing, like, maximum 25, 26 times this game. But, yeah, let's enjoy it. Like, he's back. We had to go three weeks without him. We had to watch the team lose a couple games that we probably should have won. You know, like the Tampa Bay game aside, and like, you know, I don't care about the who could have, would have, should have. He's back. Um, this is a very winnable game. It's a good opportunity for him 
to pad the stats a little bit too. I like you know I I would say and this. to get your confidence up and to start writing the ship. Wouldn't you love to see a three hundred yard three touchdown game from Tua, so buddy? Like my that, dream is three fifty five. Uh, my dream is this Waddle with a couple twenty six of thirty two, like three fifty five, four touchdowns, zero picks. Well, like think about this, right? Because we know this. Jacksonville's secondary is awful, right? What would you say one of the worst five units probably in football? Yeah, I'd pile if I if I figured them out and my offense moving the ball, I'd pile it on them to create a statement. Well, like look what Tom Brady does, right? Like he picks on targets. And Do you he think says, they're that much better than the team we beat last year? The Jags? Yeah. I think they're worse with without Shark and Miles Jack. And what about Minshew? Yeah, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence. Minshew didn't turn over the ball like Lawrence, right? Yeah, but I do think I think I think we have the ability, especially in the interior with like Christian Wilkins and Zach Siler. I, I I think we have the ability to put some pressure up the middle, um, because as as you know, Jackson has some good- Jenkins been Jenkins been pretty good too. Yeah, I, I I think we could get them in the middle, but like I would literally find the weakness in that Jacksonville secondary, and I would attack it all day long if it is you know I, like i don't even know who they're going to have lined up with like waddle for example but dude i don't know who it is and i don't really care yeah but like, test the top of the defense enough with these three yard curls and yeah, none of that and drags that. and screens you see how antonio brown was used and how henry ruggs was used those are the blueprints we need crossers rub routes creating conflict i mean you know what i said to my buddy He's one of those Dolphin fans that he can't stop watching Herbert, and he's just so bitter every time he watches them. I said to him a couple of weeks ago after the Dallas game, I said, have you watched them this year? And he said, yeah, I watched every game. I said, I want you to start paying attention. We run that trips bunch set a ton. They run it. Look at the space they get Keenan Allen or Mike Williams into where Herbert just needs to drop it there. He's no, no one's around him, and they can take it to the house. He hit me up after last week's game and he watched watch the Chargers. He said, Man, you weren't lying. He's like, I started paying attention to it. Oh, he's yeah. Like, he's like, You said they did it three, four times a game. I'm like, There's no way. He's like, Bro, he's like, I'm seeing it at least three times a game. I'm like, Yeah. I said, Bro, I'm not mad that Herbert gets that. I'm mad that why we can't don't. The, why can't <laughs> we ever have that? Yeah, I mean, look, I like I because that's all schemed, right? Like, people don't realize, you know, you can man you. The, the, you can manufacture space. I mean, these people need to realize why that LSU team was so successful with Burrow. They were manufacturing space. Like, why Michael Thomas has been successful is because he's in an offense in New Orleans that manufactures space for him and gets him an open space. That's what you need to do with Jalen Waddle. That speed, you're not trying to get him on one-on-ones and shake the guy. You're trying to get him in open space so he can turn the burners on and not be touched and be gone. That's you need someone who's going to he can do it himself. The guy averages over four yards of separation per route. That's great, great. But you need to get him into open space and then let him work. And they're only able what they're telling me is they're only able to generate open space near the line of scrimmage, which bro, anyone can generate. Yeah, Be creative. I mean, you're right. You're 100% right. You even watch Waddle when he breaks free of one guy in the open field. There's another dude right there because we've ran a route right into the space where Waddle's trying to run. You know, like yeah. we, we, you see it all the time. But now, I mean, I'll tell you what, though. I, like, see, I, I'll watch Herbert. Or and, he does get deep and Brissett misses the read. 
I'll see. I'll say this though. I will watch Herbert, and I'm excited for the like some of the slate because having the nine thirty game, you get to digest some of the other games. I mean, there's some good football this weekend. Chargers, Ravens. No, you know what the fun. issue is, Neil? The the issue is okay. Herbert being better aside, if we had proper coaching and we had proper growth and development around Tua. Tua Burrow and Herbert could be one of the best quarterback draft classes of all time. Since 84? <laughs> yeah. that's Or, that, or the Rivers, Ben, and Eli. That, that's, that, that's what I'm saying. They can be a very, very productive, all three of them. Like, Burrow, look at, they've even got the offensive line right in Cincinnati compared to us. Like, everyone was like, they need Panay Suel. I'm like, yo, they're taking Jamar Chase. They need Panay Suel. They need Panay Suel. We don't need them. We don't need them. Well, here, you know, like we said earlier, Pernice Well, Rashawn Slater under this coaching staff wouldn't be developed properly anyways. But you know, you look at you look at how you know even Cincinnati's getting it right. And Zach Taylor, I'll tell everyone right now, Brian Flores is a better coach than Zach Taylor. And Zach Taylor is just his West Coast system is tailored to Joe Burrow, similar, very similar to what they ran over at LSU. And now they've got Riley Reef has been better than what people thought. And he's, he's having a good year, surprisingly, on that one year deal. And Jonah Jonah Jackson's been good too, right? He's living up to where they drafted him and they got the interior right. So they're off at, like that last Jamar Chase touchdown. I counted six Mississippis. Yeah, you told before me. <laughs> Joe Joe Burrow made that throw. I was like, is this for real right now? Like, I wish we had like you see what I'm saying though? Like you know, and they use Jamar Chase properly. They're just sending him on go routes oh, and letting yeah. him just go. Like we're we not even testing the top of defenses with Jalen Waddle. Yeah, we need to. But I'll tell you one narrative I think that's going to change over the next couple weeks, right? Like you've seen all everyone like the uh, the Dolphins front office was stupid because the Eagles pick is going to be the one that we traded our pick to the Eagles is going to be higher. Watch, we're going to win on a couple games here, and that's San Francisco's at eleven right now, eh? So we're at 11. yeah, I, like we're moving, and like here, I take Tyler Linderbaum with that pick, by the way. Right I, I know we talked about it, but I'll tell you this: if we get to the pick, right? I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the player, and honestly, I like if we sign Agba, we don't need him, right? I, I you Kevon know, Thibodeau, I, I, he's going to go too high for us, but I'm thinking if we get end up in Aiden the seven eighth round, Aiden Hutchinson, man, I freaking love. Aiden Hutchinson. I actually, to be honest, I, the beast. I haven't done all of, all the scores and all that stuff. I'm I'm slowly getting there. It's hard with baby number two. Hutchinson's probably going to be in my top five overall players in the draft. I know that's bold. I I love what that guy. <clears throat> He's has. a beast. He's a beast, and like he just he just gets it. But I think that Forty Nineers pick is going to be pretty high. I don't think it's I, I don't think it's going to get top five cracked. But like like is that like I'm you know the what first sucks, pick. Neil. <sighs> Who do they play this week? Do There's we know? no big dominating receivers. Like, you know, there hasn't been a Calvin Ridley since Calvin Ridley. There hasn't been a Julio, you know, or a Calvin. Like, there's no 6'4, 6'5, 4'35, 4'38 freak right now. Like, just dominating. That'll go. Like, you know, we get these high draft picks and they're just. Speedy you know, guys. Because really, I would I would love another receiver because we're gonna have to rebuild this core if we're that high, and that's where the best receivers usually go. If we're if we're too high for Linder to justify taking Linderbaum, I, I would take a receiver. But like I look at these guys, like you know, 
There's only a couple over six three. I got I got I got a cure for that, man. And I got a bunch of dolphin fans that'll be outside my house with pitchforks. Off season trade. Xavier Howard to the Saints for Michael Thomas. I'm telling you, the Saints wanted Xavier uh Xavier Howard bad. And Michael Thomas isn't very happy in New Orleans. I think that could be get two people on the move. And like I would uh- you're gonna have you gonna have Michael Thomas and Devontae Parker in the same room? No, I think Devontae Parker's gone. I think you cut okay. his ass. I'm just being honest because, like, you know, you save the cap space, and I think Parker, you know, look, man, it's not that Parker's a bad player. I just can't keep seeing him on this injury report and being unreliable. We need him now. I would love Devontae Adams. Oh my god, if we could get I I'll, I'd move I'd trade whatever for like picks we had to get him. I Devontae Adams is a absolute Let me ask you quickly before we get out of here. If they if, if if this regime moves on and 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 the new one comes to it, do you think they are going to go after a more established quarterback, or do you or do you think a new regime would wait and draft their own guy? I think they would get Deshaun Watson. I I, I think the owner wants him, man. I know. Like, so you don't think they'd give up less for they well, and they, because Aaron Rodgers is a free agent, they try oh, and sign Aaron Rodgers or I mean, look, try and trade me, for Russell Wilson. What makes them a better team is if you tell me that Aaron Rodgers has a wink wink nod nod over to Devontae Adams and you get them as a package deal I mean come you think on, they're going man. to Denver I got a feeling they're going to Denver <sighs> let me say and Bridgewater's just the bridge no pun intended. I mean look they need they need a quarterback um for sure they're good if they got a quarterback they would be good bro yeah I mean I don't who else could he I mean like he ain't gonna go to Washington well remember apparently Denver had a trade worked out with them with uh with Rogers and stuff on draft day and the Packers right. turned it down, right? I'll play musical chairs. So what I think happens, if I had to pick three landing spots for quarterbacks, I would say Russell Wilson to the Eagles. I would I would say Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins and Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos. So you think you're you're you think Deshaun Watson, no matter what, is going to be a Dolphin? I, I do. I, and it's not because it's not. I think it's because we all know the owner wants him. And but what if Ross there's is, a new regime and now he doesn't want to come here? I don't. Oh, I, I, well, he still does from everything I've heard. So I, I don't know. I think he wants to get out of Houston so bad. I think, you know, like we always say, the South beats life, no taxes. I think all that stuff probably resonates with him. Just don't get hosed. I'm fine with the upgrade because I get it. He's a top five quarterback. Just make sure he's not going to go on the exempt list and do not get hosed because or, or you know I don't what? want a guy that's not going to touch the field till twenty twenty three. Or why 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 not keep Tua? <laughs> right, like it's it's a yeah. it's a good problem to have. I right, look look you know we'll look at that next offseason. I think hey, Tua's our quarterback. He's starting this week. Let's um, go, baby. Yeah, let's go, man. Let's get a win. Let's get like let's, let's stop enough of the divide and everyone trying to bring me like let's win. Let's get get Dolphins Twitter fired up. Let's put everyone on on something good. You know, like let's. Let's have something good to cheer about. I like, you know, one of the things I'll say kind of in closing is I know a lot of us are passionate about this team. We all want the same thing. And like, you know, it doesn't make anyone's opinions or, or things less or, you know, better. Like, I get it and it's fun to argue, but like, like, let's have a good week on Dolphins Twitter. Let's get a win. Let's all shake hands, cheers, and let's get on a little run here, right? Like Atlanta, yeah, come on, man. If 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 you're if we're scared of Going and having, they're coming to our house. Like, come on, we should, we should, we should take the boots to them, right? Like, I like, we have a couple winnable games here. Let's get this thing back on track. Let's get our freaking number five overall pick quarterback playing good football. 
and let's get our team healthy. And then you know what? Maybe we can shock the world and win a couple games if we can get some of these players that have been that been battling injuries back on the field. But yeah, Dolphins are going to win this one 34-20. Reason I'm pumped, man. I know we'll be texting during the game. Uh, I, I have a feeling like for for first time in a while, I feel really good about the matchup. Not a boy. All right, uh, yep. guys. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating a win next week as me and Neil dive in too deep with you guys. Um, Neil, appreciate you doing this. Um, we'll talk. And everyone, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And it's fins up all day, every day. See you all next